0: Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Rain City Bunker. My name is Greg Moon. I'm here with my good friend, Andy Brown. Hello. And uh, we've been gone for a while again. (laughs) We're not being quite as uh, consistent as we'd hope, but we are here. And we have a very interesting uh, episode this episode. Uh, We are going to do a quick follow-up on the Large Hadron Collider. Andy discovered a very interesting iPhone app that we're going to talk about briefly. And uh, there is a kind of it didn't make, make too much news, but there's a new sort of tiny space shuttle the Air Force has launched. We'll talk about that. Andy also has discovered another. He's really good at digging up the good stories. He, he's found a story about a fountain of youth in the form of a pill. So that interests us all as we age. <laughs> and uh, in, for the grand finale of this episode, we are going to talk about a very unusual creature for our uh standard creature feature, and uh you'll you'll find this it it blew our minds sort of it's it's pretty pretty unusual the gooch, the gooch, yeah, you gotta stick around to the end of the podcast for the gooch <laughs> so uh we've been gone for a while uh and I was very humbled and surprised and uh amazed that uh one of our listeners i ran into one of our listeners. And uh, this person asked us when we're going to do our next podcast. So that was pretty amazing. Andy, you you said someone mentioned something to you?
1: Um, Yeah, I've had a couple people ask me, uh, uh, you know, when our next one was going to be. And, um, uh, yeah, that surprised me. I mean, it's people I know, but uh they actually
0: want to hear another one i don't, they're they're not just being nice <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much everyone who listens all 20 of you i think we're still around 20 yeah. but we're happy to have you this uh vanity project is all worthwhile if we have 20 listeners and we have a lot of fun doing it and uh so anyway we'll dive right in uh doing another quick follow up for the large hadron collider you may recall uh past couple episodes i think it was we talked about this uh giant collider in europe and one of the things we were talking about is perhaps this collider was uh it was having all these unusual problems and annie and i were speculating about the possibility that maybe this wasn't meant to be but alas it was meant to be well that the universe wasn't didn't want to allow it to happen right and if it didn't want to allow it to happen it wasn't meant to be or at least not meant to work (laughs) so anyway but good news uh it is working And uh, I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from a story. And we, uh, as usual, will post this story on the website. And uh, the title is Large Hadron Collider Rewards Scientists Watching at Caltech. The large, this was dated March 31st, 2010. The Large Hadron Collider near Geneva succeeded early Tuesday in smashing subatomic particles together at more than three times the highest levels previously recorded, eliciting cheers from a crowd watching at Caltech. And pushing two sometimes separate strains of particle f- physicists together in what, in what is, un- is likely to be a show of things to come, under two clocks, one labeled Geneva, the other labeled Caltech, Bertrand Ecknard and Matthew Buckley passed pizza past midnight with pizza, discovering that they both studied high-energy cosmic ray particle collisions, but one is a theorist and one is an experimentalist. So basically, the good news is this thing is working, and with spectacular results. And the, the particle physicists are having a great time collecting data. And I think Andy, uh, from I, what I've heard, the data they're collecting is going to take years to analyze. Really, interesting. So, so um, so, so what? A lot of interesting fundamental physical physics experiments going on.
1: What What's the primary thing that they were looking for? Do you know?
0: Mainly subatomic particles, so I don't know them all, but there's muons, and gosh, I I think there's one even called a peon. (laughs) They they come up with kind of whimsical names. That's the one they care about the least. (laughs) They come up with whimsical uh, names with some of these particles, and these are subatomic particles. That means they're, I guess, component particles of electrons, neutrons, and protons. So it's very exciting because it deals with stuff, uh, the condition... uh, these sort of subatomic particles they believe were present at the creation of the universe near the Big Bang. And uh, for people who might not be keeping up on the Large Hadron Collider, what <laughs>
1: we were talking about before with it is that uh, they just couldn't seem to get it online and all these kind of odd uh, barriers got in the way. Like one time, wasn't it a bird or something? Like Yeah, a bird nested in one of the vents yeah. and it shut it all down. And then one uh, a, um, a physicist actually uh hypothesized that there there was some uh, uh, reason within the universe that the universe didn 't want it to happen and that and and perhaps because it would destroy the universe i you know that um that
0: was obviously all speculation yeah that was and all it speculation, apparently so. wasn 't true <laughs> yeah
1: it fortunately wasn 't <laughs> yeah true. Uh, so the you as far as we know the universe isn 't destroyed unless we 're in some sort of uh parallel universe like they have on lost or something. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, Lost is almost uh, uh, nearing the end of its run, and, and um, I've been watching it, and they've, they've gotten into a lot of that kind of like parallel universe sort yep, of thing. Alternate time time travel, lines,
0: yeah, alternate very, timelines, all very interesting. And a kind of cool thing, you know, uh, we talk about this stuff, and we're willing to follow up and say we were completely off the market. And neither of us well, were really did, predicting did, it, yeah, but uh, yeah. just we're talking about uh, it. We talk about unusual things, and if an unusual thing is proven or shown to be... Uh, not what people thought it was.
1: We'll talk about it. And that's, I mean, it's fun. I think I would have been a little bit more freaked out if I honestly believed the universe was trying to prevent the Large Hadron Collider from coming <laughs> online. So, uh, so should I follow up with the uh, the iPhone? Yeah. Uh, let's move on. So this it, this is going to seem like it's a discussion that's going in one way, but it's actually not. Uh, it's going to seem like I'm uh, might be trying to. Uh, talk about the climate change argument but guess what I'm not going to talk about it but what I will talk about is that there is a an iPhone app I uh, uh, Greg said you know I'm good at digging out these stories but mostly I just get uh, I have a subscription to a couple I have a couple, a subscription to a couple different uh, magazines and then I dig through them and then when I see an interesting article I'll, and this one's from Wired and it's like one of the their little like new things that they recommend uh, you check out and I think that the, the app is called Skeptical Science. And um, well, it's a very short little blurb about it. And here it goes. Uh, fed up with climate change deniers? There's an iPhone app for that. Search a list of common arguments against global warming. Uh, quote, there's no scientific consensus. The climate has changed before. Sea level predictions are exaggerated, etc. And you get convincing counter arguments for each, complete with graphs, charts, tables and lists of research papers it's sure to put skeptics in the hot seat and now what i think is interesting about this is regardless of what you believe about uh climate change is that there's an app that's designed to help you argue a certain point and when i saw this i thought like oh this is this isn't going to be the last one there's going to be more of these and, and just about any subject that people argue about po- politics religion uh philosophy history history whatever um i I could totally see one on the uh the nine eleven conspiracy thing i mean that seems like ripe for this kind of application <laughs> you know where you have you know uh list of the arguments and the counter arguments and so forth um but what do you, what do you think that will do i mean do you think that'll make uh do you think that'll make arguments or debates between people like worse? Or or do you think that it'll make them more civilized? Or will this piss people off? I mean, what do you, what do you think will happen with this, Greg?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I've already noticed, you know, once in a while, I'll, I'll say a fact or a friend will say a fact. And I will say that's not true. Or they tell me that's not true. But you know, we all have uh, cell phones now, and we can look it up almost instantly. So right. I'll make a bet. Sometimes I'll bet. And I usually don't bet unless I'm pretty sure. I'll bet you $5. I'm right. Yeah. And we can look it up and find out right away. So in a way, I think it's good. Knowledge is good, no yeah. matter, you know. And some things are just points of view that you can't really always have a factual right, basis right. for. Because, you know, I, I we discussed it briefly. We're not getting into too much. But I'm, I'm personally kind of agnostic on the the global warming thing. But uh, there's room for facts, you know. And there's probably facts that support global warming. And there's facts that deny it or man-made global warming. So I think any discussion is going to be enhanced with, with facts. Yeah if you think it's a non-biased Would, source uh, a trustworthy source and that sort of thing do you
1: things. think um do you think something like this though um uh, makes for lazy debaters and and then there's there's the thing of some if you can just download an app that promises to give you like hey this is what you th- this is what you kind of think already and and hey here's an app that will uh bolster your argument when you're when you're talking with people who don't agree with you. Do you think that kind of uh makes might the danger of it might be that um might make people lazy in in examining their own belief systems? I mean I I know that's laying a lot yeah, at the, I know what you at, mean. the flo- at the doorstep of a an a iPhone app, but I kind of see like man, if you don't have to do any work or if you kind of make a cuz I think it it's not really uh that's surprising to people that <clears throat> people uh uh come to a lot of their- op- opinions via an an, an emotional uh mm-hmm. uh route mm-hmm. and then uh you know uh and then sometimes they're you know when they if they truly are kind of do a little bit of self examination and and also look at what their beliefs are they may change their beliefs I don't think it happens. Yeah. I don't think it happens a lot, but it does happen. But if you have something like this, like, "Hey, just go to this," um, I wonder if that's going to make people a little bit more.
0: Uh... Well, <laughs> if they're engaging yeah. with someone yeah. who's either a skeptic or agnostic, right. if they're a true believer in this particular issue, and they're engaging with someone who's agnostic or uh, s- a skeptic, right? It, uh, as long as you try to hear each other, I mean, yeah. you and you know, I do this a little bit with my cuz you know I, I enjoy politics and and opinion and stuff and you do get immersed in it so it is it's kind of hard to say i mean it's what you believe so you're listening to facts to bolster but i think you should always be somewhat open to a good argument from the other side right and um, but what
1: if, what if, what if i mean i'm just put yourself in this position like let's say you're you're arguing something someone whips out their cell phone and you're like uh, uh i don't know what about uh what about this? And, uh, it's a, maybe something, you know, and they, not that you would say it that way, but you're like, well, have you considered this fact? And they whip out their iPhone. They scroll down through the responses and they're like, well, blah, 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 blah. And they're reading it back to you from an iPhone. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just saying, I'm like, it's going to make an interesting, I think this is, I could be wrong on this, but I think this kind of thing will take off. Like I said, not only with like, uh, with things like, um, uh, global warming, but I can see as like for example when the election cycle heats up, I can see both sides, Democrats and Republicans, and and putting out having somebody in their in their campaign put out an app, <laughs> yeah, you oh, know yeah. like to- basically talking point But do you know
0: what? When I, I'm on these email debates, yeah, I do that already. I go to Bing or Google and I look up facts. Like I'll have an inkling, like I'll remember some fact, I don't remember all the details, so I'll go to one of those search engines and try to find that story. As a counter argument or yeah, an right. argument for what they're so, saying. Well, but this, like I said, the important thing I think is, you know, supply, you know, have your opinion based on facts. Yeah. You know, I, that doesn't mean you're going to convince anyone to believe the way you do, right. but be open to facts from the other side. And, you know, I think an app like information is good. So yeah. even if that information is only supporting one side of the argument, as long as it's good, reliable, factual data, nothing's wrong with it, but yeah. be prepared to hear the other side. Right, right. Um, and, and,
1: I, and that's what I'm just curious about. One, one, one is, you know, anybody can put out an app. You could put out an app that has, you know, uh, all sorts of baloney on it. and uh, Sure. Um, and I'm also curious to see, like, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This already kind of exists uh, already with people, you know, in email chain arguments or debates, whatever you want to call them, where they, they go to uh, uh, do some searching on the Internet and so forth. Um, but I, I'm just kind of curious how like this kind of, it's, a, can, I'm wondering if we'll see on the news, you know, like protests and counter-protests and people holding up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I their mean, maybe that's apps. going to a far, but like holding up their iPhones and like looking and yelling something back. I don't know.
0: Yeah. We but, could go on with this. This is a very interesting topic, but I think this also kind of, uh, leads to the topic of what's happening with the media nowadays, because the large, uh, you know, uh, legacy media, the mainstream media, so-called, is shrinking. I mean, it's still big, ABC, NBC, you know, the big news sources. But the advent of the Internet is chipping away steadily and surely at their large audiences in the cable, you know, the more micro-broadcasting, the more narrow-casting. And uh, I I read a book on Andrew Jackson on my trip to Hawaii in November. And what was interesting back then, that's just the way it was. There wasn't... A non-biased media per se. All the media, pretty much back then, was w- one philosophy oriented yeah. or another. And now, who knows how it's going to end up? But yeah. we seem to be going that way again. Yeah. As the internet, uh, you know, uh, kind of splinters, sort of, or you can, you know, I go to very narrow sites. I also go to the mainstream sites, but a lot of my sites, and I get facts, and I, you know, and you got to be skeptical of some of these blogs or whatever that that news is an actual fact. That's the thing. You have to have your own filter nowadays. And in, even, even when there, you have your filter, there still could be some, uh, question as to what's going on. So, uh, um, I don't know. We'll see if it's good or bad, but, uh, <laughs> well, that seems to be the way things are going. Things are so micro now, right? Yeah. Well, I guess in, in my opinion,
1: uh, if somebody's out out there is looking to design um, an app for the iPhone, find something that like this that people talk about. Um, have some sort of database that can can update, um, create that app. But I think you'll make some decent pocket yeah. change. Yeah, Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you know uh, that app, it does not offend me at all. Even though it's I'm agnostic and it's, yeah. it's a you know pro global warming, but yeah. as long as they have references, who is this person that said this or who did this research? Yeah. And as lo- did is it some. Uh, you know caribbean fly-by-night university or is it a real university i mean you got to know the source of your data and that's that's always going to be important because you got to know is this credible data you know so kind (laughs) of (laughs) interesting so shall we move on sure uh this was in the news a little bit this next story um and it didn't seem to get a whole lot of attention, but to me it's really fascinating. Uh, you probably know the space shuttle's going to be phased out over the next year, I think it is, or so. And uh, the United States Air Force just recently launched, kind of like a mini-shuttle. And we'll, again, all these stories, we, we, like, we'll put a link up. And it looks like a mini-space shuttle. It's shaped kind of the same, but kind of different. And it's small. It doesn't carry people. It's unmanned. And kind of, it's a little... This is one of those uh, military uh, complex things. Originally, this was supposed to be a NASA. Well, when I read a little bit of it here real quick? Uh, Patrick Air Force Base, Florida, April 23rd, U- U- UPI. The U.S. Air Force launched an unmanned mini-space shuttle with an undisclosed payload, officials at Patrick Air Force Base in Florida announced. The X-37B orb- orbital test vehicle launched Thursday is expected to provide a space test platform to conduct experiments and allow satellite systems and technologies to be shipped to and from space, Air Force officials said in a release. The X-37B program supports the Defense Department's technology risk reduction efforts for new satellite systems, military officials said. It will provide an on-orbit laboratory to test new technology and satellite components before they are committed to satellite programs already in operation. If these technologies on the... Vehicle provide to be as good as an estimate. It will make our access to space more responsive, perhaps cheaper, and push us in the vector toward being able to react to war fighting, <laughs> my emphasis, needs more quickly, said Gary Payton, Air Force Deputy Undersecretary for Space Platforms. Programs. Programs. <laughs> Programs. <laughs> so, you know, this is kind of interesting. I mean, uh, it appears to have some scientific basis it's like a test platform for satellites so you can test the satellite before it actually gets to orbit but this is a military this isn't like the space shuttle which i space shuttle did occasional military missions i believe but this is going to be air force and you know well don't aren't we uh didn't the united
1: states sign onto a um uh a, a treaty in which they wouldn't engage in uh space-based warfare i mean i know we can we can put satellites up and everything but we can't do anything like put a platform where um where they would you know launch missiles from outer space you know
0: i think you're right and that that's that makes this story even more interesting yeah because they talk about war fighting yeah i'm not sure if they mean terrestrial but i mean it's kind of blurring the line at least yeah
1: absolutely uh, and, and it's always, <laughs> it's always a little. Uh, I, I think an unnerving might be a little bit too strong of a word, but it it it, it makes you raise your eyebrows a little bit when you hear that there, it's kind of an undisclosed uh, payload <laughs> that they're that they're delivering. Uh, and you know, you'd think if it was just they were just testing some satellite that they were going to uh, put into orbit, that they'd just say, "We're testing a satellite that we're putting <laughs> into <Yeah>. orbit." <laughs> So I don't know, it's just it's just got that it's it has a little bit of a feel of kind of that Cold War uh it does. military secrecy
0: that uh It does we're you know, we're not used to over the last yeah. few years. And you know, um it's kinda of sad in a way, gosh, the space shuttle's been flying since nineteen eighty, I believe. I remember they were testing seventy nine, maybe yeah. it launched eighty one, actually. Yeah. So gosh, that's how long is that? That's that's thirty years. Yeah. That's a long time the space shuttle's flown. And unfortunately we've lost two yeah. during those thirty years. And they've decided to phase it out. It's very expensive. Do you know how many they have total? Orbiters? Uh, Yeah, the space shuttle orbit. Yeah. I think there's five, four, five, four or orbiters. five orbiters. Yeah.
1: And were all of them built at the same time? or were they I, built Near the, the same time. Yeah.
0: I think over a four or five year period yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's kind of sad because, uh, you know, it's, we've grown accustomed to hearing about space shuttle flights, but in... And we probably don't even pay that much attention to it, but it's kind of, in a way, you know, growing up kind of in that time, uh, it's always been fascinating to me, the space program. So, in a way, it's sad, I think, that, you know, uh, we're going to be losing the space shuttle and we don't have any real solid system to to back it up. And this does not really replace it. This is like a unmanned drone sort of thing. And it it probably does some of the things the space shuttle could do, some testing and uh, experiments, but um it's it's I'm sure much less uh much many fewer capabilities than the, the actual space shuttle. And it's unmanned, so it's a very limited repertoire I would imagine. So shall I talk about the fountain of youth? Oh yes. We're all interested
1: <laughs> in the fountain of youth. Um so once again I dug this out of I did such extensive research that I dug it out of the uh, most recent issue of Discover magazine. Um But the article, uh, which I'll read, probably not the whole thing, but it's titled, Can a Pill Keep Your DNA Young? by uh, Susan Carlin is the woman who wrote it. And uh, uh, it begins, uh, Telomeres, repeating DNA sequences at the end of chromosomes that become shorter with each cell division, have long tantalized biologists seeking to understand and control the, the aging process. When its telomeres become too short, a cell stops dividing and eventually dies. Stop that process and, just maybe, um, (laughs) immortality beckons. Hence the frenzy a decade ago when a group of researchers claimed that they had figured out how to slow that winding down. Now a second round of frenzy is underway. After years of research, the first telomere-targeting pills have hit the market, uh, while other treatments are entering clinical trials. Uh, an enzyme called telome- telomerase telomeres maintains telomeres and are reproductive in stem cells, but not in the rest of the body. In 2001, researchers at the biotech giant uh, Geron Corporation isolated a molecule called TA-65 from the herb, the herb Astragalus. Am I pronouncing that right? Ast- yeah, I think Astragalus. So. Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, which, they, which I've seen. You can go any, into any... You know, uh, health food store or or pharmacy that has a good selection of uh, naturopathic medicine. I think it's from India. Yeah, that's yeah, I think so. Um, uh, But anyways, the this this uh, molecule from that herb, uh, which they said uh, boosted telomerase telomerase activity, its effect has not yet been evaluated in published peer reviewed studies. Uh, Garin licensed the product to TA sciences in New York city for development as a nutritional supplement. Unlike medication supplements require no FDA approval. Oh, okay. I, I kind of see how they're getting around it. Cause it's from an herb. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's derived from an herb, so they don't have to say that it's a, a pharmaceutical. So you can, right. use, yeah. Um, a handful of physicians began selling TA-65 pills in 2007, and the company says that clients taking it have reported enhanced athletic, visual, and cognitive performance. Whoa. <laughs> stand by stand by, because there's a little bit to be worried about with this, in my opinion. Uh, to back up these claims, TA Sciences plans to submit research demonstrating TA-65's effects on bone density, immune function, and age-related biomarkers for peer-reviewed publication this year. The results should help early adopters decide whether the supplement is worth its $8,000 per year price tag. You have to pay 8,000 bucks, I guess, for, for a year if you want to have well, a regular So they do some processing to create uh, it? Yeah, or? I would uh, they extract that that uh molecule from the from the herb. Yeah, from the herb. Sierra Sciences of Re- Reno, Nevada is also developing possible pharmaceuticals to maintain telomeres. Uh, "Quote: We now have 35 chemicals sitting in our lab that turn on the turn on the telomerase gene," says CEO Bill Andrews. The company hopes to have an approved drug within 15 years. Geron 15 years, yeah, 15 wow. years, okay. yeah. Uh, Geron meanwhile is pursuing a separate telomere therapy aimed at fighting cancer. Although telomeres is not pre- is not present in most cells, it gets reactivated in cancer cells. So I kind of want to refer back to you know, um it the telomerase uh helps kind of prevent the telomeres from from you know shrinking. shrinking. Yeah. Uh but that's also what happens in cancer. <laughs> so uh so block it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Although telomerase is not present in most cells, it gets re- reactivated in cancer cells, allowing them to continue dividing. Blocking the enzyme causes the cancer cells to die. So the company is working with a telomerase inhibitor, a, a metal stat, that it hopes will kill tumor cells while leaving the healthy ones unharmed. The compound is currently in phase one clinical trials, with phase two testing to be start slated to begin this year. The unsettling flip side is that telomerase boosting treatments, like the one I, w- I was referring to prior, the article I was referring to prior, uh, telomerase boosting treatments aimed at slowing aging might also increase the risk of cancer. Uh, some studies in mice have shown that elevated telomerase activities activity in the, leaves the animals more susceptible to skin tumors
0: and breast cancer. So maybe there is no free lunch. <laughs> Now, now this is very interesting because now you said as cells divide, the yeah. telomeres, the telomere, telomeres, telomeres, they shrink, and that kind of is a sign of aging. Every time a cell splits, that gets shorter, or smaller. Correct. Referring that,
1: ba- referring back to the article, it says uh, when a, when a cell's telomeres become too short, a cell stops dividing and eventually
0: dies. Okay, and that's the natural process. And yeah. with cancer. Uh, cells reproduce kind of uncontrollably. Isn't that part correct, of it? Correct. Yes. So the telomerase or telomeres on those cancer cells are they growing? Or are they longer than normal? They they're the- they're functioning as if um, that cell just
1: wild widely wildly uh, reproduces. That's why they're trying okay. to pr- for for cancer. They're trying to come up with a telomerase, which is the, um, the enzyme that the enzyme reacts that, with it. I correct. Think. They want an inhibitor. So though they'll follow
0: that normal function of, of not dividing. Right. To yeah. bring it back, slow it down. To right. It. But <laughs> if you want to live for a longer time and you take the supplement, yes, it increases the possibility that you'll have a group of cells in your body that. Unknown, start, like unknown, a c- but they're, they are possibly, linked, but they possibly. are linked. Yeah. So, so it sounds like a, a kind of a balancing act.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would run right out and start taking this supplement. <laughs> um, but you know what? If the if you're old and you're suffering from some of these, uh, like you know, uh, losing a lot of bone density and stuff, I mean, it it might be worth a try.
0: Yeah, if your life expectancy, yeah, you know, to be frank, is only five years, yeah, it might be worthwhile to take this supplement or whatever form it ends up in. Take this pill to shore your your quality of life up, perhaps your health up, and you're taking a risk of additional cancer, but you're at an age where you can afford to have a higher risk of cancer for five years. Right. But if your immediate quality of life increases. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it does, the idea of, of life extension and possibly immortality is I've, I've been seeing is kind of exiting. It's beginning to exit the world of science fiction and go into science fact. Oh yeah. and, I, it, it's you know we joke about it. Greg and I joke about it a lot. I, I always joke that I'm gonna you, know, you know just have my head put on a clone body and um, have parts replaced and so forth and so on. But I mean, it, you know, in all honesty, if you, if you had the opportunity to live even like a hundred more years, right, a fairly healthy, just a like, hundred, just hundred, uh, and and in a fairly decent condition, the one part about that that always bothers me is if it is going to happen. If, possible that it might happen in our lifetime like me and greg but it won't happen in my my mom my you know i've already lost my my dad to do cancer a long time ago but it won't probably won't happen in my mom's lifetime it probably won't happen in the lifetime of a lot of you know people that i care about and everything and I, that is kind of a disturbing idea that they they missed the immortality boat see i have a whole we've talked about this but well, i have a you, whole other perspective on yeah. that yeah well you're you have your religion also well, that, that informs, yeah, yeah but
0: i mean it brings up questions of of children i mean yeah. if you live for 200 years <laughs> that's going to put a lot more stress on the planet if everyone can live that long or you know you have to have fewer children which you know people in industrialized societies are already having a lot fewer children especially europe yeah. but uh i mean there's there's a whole lot of weird ethical and moral questions that come up with the idea of being able to live a real long time. right? And, you know, uh, it's not... My faith is part of it, you know. I think, you know, eventually, you know, I'm going to die and go somewhere better. But just the idea of uh, altering society so much. But on the other hand, society has already slowly been altered within the last... The 20th century, life expectancy, I don't know the real numbers, but probably went up from like 49 to... 75. I mean, that's a huge increase. And it's increasing anyway, besides these fountain of youth type of uh, miracle drugs or treatments. But we're already changing it, but it's happening slowly. So society, I think, is adjusting. But, you know, uh, issues of retirement. You know, my, my cousin retired when he was about... I don't know, 50s, right? Yeah. But if average average life expectancy is 85, that's 30 years of retirement. Right, right. And that puts strains on, uh, you know, working people. It, it changes the dynamic of society Absolutely. to some extent. But so, it's, something, it's something we have to think about. I mean, geez, we've already got just one Larry King. Imagine if the world was full of them. <laughs> so anyway, but, uh, you know, that being said, if I had a chance to take a pill to make it easier for me to bend over and pick up the ball to throw for my dog, Midas. Who also gets a pill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd probably take it, you know, because, you know, I'm not too old, but getting there and things just start not quite as smooth and easy. No, as no, 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 no. Be. I don't want to hear
1: about it. Stop, stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You're so, absolutely right. Yeah, I, just, I would be willing to take something that makes life more comfortable, yeah. but I'm not sure... I don't know. It's 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 a fascinating topic. That's that's why I, that's why I like talking about that one. But uh, uh, what what I'm not sure if you know, Andy. But what if you just take the herb itself without the concentrated? You know, Will the herb I itself perhaps I have? Some I, effect? I looked it
1: up. You know, I, it's funny that you asked that because I looked that herb up, and you know, it's it's. Uh, oh, and you know what? It's a Chinese herb because oh, I'm, I'm remembering okay. now that I looked it up and.
0: and Um, I was in the right hemisphere, though. You know,
1: it just had the kind of general same claims that, you know, helps with digestion, um, helps maintain the immune system. Mm -hmm. It just kind of had that general stuff. Now, uh, I know I've told you before that uh, I'm a big believer in um, turmeric. Yes. I think I'm pronouncing that. Yes, and I am, too. I am, too. And, uh, you know, that kind of started off with the kind of hooey-hawey, you know, ooh, this stuff this stuff really helps you. But, you know, then they started studying it and, it and I know for me it really seems to help with a lot of different things. And yeah, and,
0: and you know, Andy, I told you a few times I felt kind of like an upset stomach. Yeah. And for some reason, just naturally, yeah, I had a craving for curry. Yeah. I was in which San has, Diego and August. yeah. turmeric in it. Yeah. yeah, and we walked by this Thai place and I was with my uncle and he said, hey, uh, how's Thai sound? I said, you know what? That sounds great. <laughs> and yeah. believe, it was amazing. And, you know, totally, this must have been i'm totally unconscious yeah and we went and had that and the next day i felt much better yeah and uh since we're on the topic real quick i'm not sure if i ever mentioned on the podcast but uh in 07 when i went to europe i had a really bad nasal sinus infection and i went to my doctor and he gave me antibiotics so i took the course of antibiotics and it didn't help i still i couldn't i lost my sense of smell which was Pretty alarming for me. The doctor thought it was kind of humorous, but alarming for me. <laughs> and then so I go back. I say, hey, doc, uh, the antibiotics didn't seem to work. I still can't smell anything. What can we do next? And he kind of laughed. Oh, you don't need your sense of smell. <laughs> which, oh, yeah, great. Which bugged me because yeah. I happen to like the sense of smell. I don't want to lose any of my senses if I can avoid it. And then he did say, uh, well, we could do an MRI. We could maybe go in and do an operation. And I thought, no, I don't want to do that. So I went home, did an internet search. I found a couple home remedies, and I did those so I can't say for sure what it was, but I did some home thing, well, irrigation. Well, and, mention what you did.
1: Did you yeah. do like uh, Yeah, you know, the
0: irrigation. What, what's that called? Uh, the, neti the neti pot. The neti pot, yeah. And that provides short-term relief, yeah. and I believe in that regardless. Yeah. But it didn't – I was doing that. And if I, anybody – should I just give a quick description? Yeah. Uh, a neti pot, um, you, you can go to a
1: lot of drugstores now and get them. They have little plastic ones that you get. But they look like a little teapot, and basically what you do is you heat up water, not too hot, obviously, just warm water. And you put like a kind of salt solution. The one I have, I got, and it came with little packets of uh, salt solution to put it in. And then the the difficult part is you drain it. You tilt your head to the side and you drain it in one nost- through one nostril, and then it drains out the other one. And it sounds kind of gross, and it is a little gross. And it's hard to do it the first it's few hard, times. It is hard it's to do it. Difficult. I always call it waterboarding light because <laughs> I never can do it exactly right, and I'm always kind of like, <laughs> but um, it. Uh, it really, I've done it when I've had some bad allergies and I've had some cold, and it provides instant relief. And, it, and yes. I think it, it accelerates your, your recovery from stuff like that. So. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure because I yeah. did several attempts to cure it, and this was all stuff I had discovered on the Yeah, and you did other things. And well, then like the neti pot did, I totally believe in it, for short-term relief. I don't know right. if it pro- helped provide my ultimate cure. Right. But it, it was worthwhile, and if you have a bad cold or something, it's it's good I think it's healthy. I mean, it's it's a saline solution, so it's probably at the same uh, saline as your. I think the only
1: warning is that you shouldn't do it if your ears are plugged up or something. But I
0: think I have. I I don't think do your research before you do it. Yeah, yeah. But if you have some nasal infection or a really bad cold, it provides temporary relief, an hour or two, I would say, a few hours. Yeah, and 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 they say it it washes away the bacteria and uh, viruses and that sort of thing. And then I did some other things. Gosh, I took echinacea, which I don't think did the cure, yeah. but I was desperate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and the thing that I think did the cure be- was I drank apple cider vinegar. I think it was uh, two tablespoons and eight ounces of water, cold water, and I mixed it with a lemonade because it it's not a good-tasting thing. But uh, the little thing, of, and you get the organic whole uh, apple cider vinegar and uh it's cheap it's like three bucks a little container two yeah. bucks a container and i did it for about three weeks pretty uh you know did you, did you do steam diligently did you do steam i did some too? steam too oh, okay. i did steam i mean i was desperate <laughs> but um i do believe it was the apple cider vinegar that provided the major cure and i in about three weeks My sense of smell was restored. Nasal infection was gone. And I was very happy because I did not want to have an MRI, which cost thousands of dollars. I didn't want a surgery. And the reason I believe that was the cure is I recommended that cure to my stepbrother and a friend at work. And both of them said it cured their ailment. So um, I believe in Western medicine generally but i was very disappointed <laughs> with my thought. i love in general but in that particular case i wasn't too happy because it appears that this home remedy worked yeah so i guess the ba- we were talking about just these ancient yeah. herbs and stuff and i think there's something to it basically so i don't know i i maybe uh uh you know if you want to I,
1: I don't think it would really hurt it, uh, to take the astral... Ast- i can't pronounce it astragalus is that what it's called? astral? Australia. but um you know uh, the the herb form. Um, if you're feeling kind of the effects of aging, see what happens. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, the, the, I don't the, think it's
0: harmful in any event. No, no, yeah, probably not harmful. Yeah, and
1: usually a lot of those herbs, if you get them from a fairly reputable source, will have uh, dosage recommendations and any kind of warning that y- you know. Uh, and also do your research on the internet. There's a lot of there's a lot of information out there about that kind of stuff too.
0: So yeah, I think the bottom line is. Be open to some of these uh, traditional cures. I mean, but um, I think Western medicine has done a lot of good too. It's not it's all herbs and, and traditional treatments. But keep an open mind, especially if it's a minor thing. And I, I'm I'd, not sure if the nasal infection was minor, but man, I didn't want surgery.
1: <laughs> so, so in conclusion, though, uh, Greg and I are not doctors. We are not. We are <laughs> yes. not accredited. The disclaimer. Yeah. Um, so do your own research
0: ask your own doctor yeah yeah
1: (laughs) proceed at your your own risk i hope we don't have to get a lawyer for the (laughs) i I think we handled it right there
0: (laughs) okay so we're gonna do our uh, finale of this podcast which is our our uh, new new recurring uh feature which is the creature feature and this this podcast uh well, a friend of mine told me about a... Because n- neither Andy nor I had t- stumbled into a cool creature feature. <laughs> and so we were doing the search. A friend had told me about a story, but we couldn't find that particular story. I'm going to ask him about it later again. But we did stumble across this really interesting other story <laughs> that neither Andy nor I had heard about. And this is... this When I read it, we both said... We, well, actually, i got to correct you there. I did
1: see... It was like on Animal Planet or something... Uh, uh, the, there is a show on there
0: called uh, River Monsters yeah. or something. Oh, you've I, seen
1: that? Yeah, I, I did. I did see this. Okay, because uh, they mentioned yeah, that in yeah, the, in the article. Yeah.
0: And anyway, this really caught my attention. This <laughs> is a little. It's it's This is something almost out of a science fiction show. So this is is pretty cool. Fearsome mutant fish has started killing people after feeding on human corpses. Scientists say that's the headline. <laughs> Scientists reckon that a huge type of catfish,
1: called a goonch... By the way, I, I said this to Greg before we started the podcast, but the gooch, to me, sounds like a character that would have been on Happy Days or something, or, <laughs> or Welcome Back, Cotter.
0: You know, oh, here comes the goonch. The goonch. Say it with a New York accent. Eh? <laughs> the scientists reckon that a huge type of catfish, called the goonch, may have developed a taste for flesh in an Indian river where bodies are dumped after funerals. Locals have believed for years that a mysterious monster lurks in the water, but they think it has moved from scavenging to snatching unwary bathers who venture into the Great Kali, which flows along the India-Nepal border. The extraordinary creature has been investigated by biologist Jeremy Wade for a TV documentary to be shown on 5, which is the channel. I think that's the documentary Andy's actually talking about. It might be, yeah, yeah. He said the locals have told me of a theory that this monster has grown extra large on a diet. <laughs> sorry, has grown extra large on a diet of partially burnt corpses. It has, it has perhaps got this taste for flesh by feasting on remains of funeral pyres. There well, be a- cat catfish. sorry to interrupt yeah. you, Greg, but
1: catfish. I remember, uh, you, you know, the the lake that. Uh, My grandparents live next. The catfish are pretty, yeah, they're pretty much scavengers. Oh, yeah, they're scavengers. Yeah, yeah,
0: this is not surprising, but it's still kind of creepy and weird. Yeah. (laughs) There will be a few freak individuals that grow bigger than the other ones, and if you throw in extra food, they will grow even bigger. Jeremy discounted theories that crocodiles could be responsible for the carnage before turning his attention to goonches, among the world's largest freshwater fish. He caught one that tipped the scales at 161 pounds and six feet, nearly six feet long, a world record weight and far bigger than any landed before. He said, if that got a hold of you, there'd be no getting away. <laughs> an 18-year-old Nepali disappeared by the river last year. Now, this story was actually from 08, so uh, just to make yeah. that clear. So last year would have been 07. Dragged down by something described as like an elongated pig. But the first victim of the... Of A Gooch attack was thought to have been a 17-year-old Nepalese boy. He was killed in April 1988 as he cooled himself in the river. Witnesses say he was suddenly pulled below the surface. Th- three months later, a young boy was dragged underwater as his father watched helplessly. Channel 5's Nature Shock series starts... Well, that's yeah. just an advertisement. Yeah. So anyway... It's sad. I mean, I shouldn't have laughed. Well, well no, but I mean, it's it's just it's just something straight well, out of a science fiction. Yeah, because it, it
1: sounds like I, I was also joking with Greg that uh, uh, this will soon be a, a a movie on the Sci-Fi Channel called The Gooch. <laughs> you know, and 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 I mean, the idea that a freshwater fish like <laughs> you know like I mean, it just reminds me so much of when I was a kid and you know Jaws was out and we would go swimming in that lake and then you could, you could freak each other out by going, dun, dun, you know, <laughs> but it's like, what? If, you know, uh, if I were to write this sci-fi channel movie, I would have, obviously somebody releases some of these gooches into the, uh, you know, whether they were, you know, mutated in a lab or not, that's up to you if you write the script, <laughs> but you know, releases them into some lake somewhere, I don't know, like Michigan or something. And, and it starts, you know, gobbling up people. But, uh, but yeah did now did the uh the article you find did it have a picture of the the gooch?
0: Yes, yes, okay. we'll we'll post it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what what is kind of science fiction like to me is that okay, the tradition in the area is to, you know, burn corpses right. and they fall in the river and what's left gets eaten. Yeah. And they've been doing this for a long time. So yeah. it kind of makes you wonder how come they're just developing a taste for humans <laughs> now. Right. Maybe population increases. Right, right. But uh, what what is funny or weird to me is this f- catfish would develop a taste, develop a taste for human flesh. You know, hey, I never had this before, but boy, this is really delicious flesh. And, you know, I'm not sure they somehow associate, maybe they can smell it when a person is in the river, they can sense that smell, that human smell. Or...
1: Doesn't that remind
0: you of, and it
1: also from India, like those old stories of like the tigers that all of a sudden become man eaters and they have to go out and kill them because like, I, I think in reality, what it is, is is now they realize this animal is not afraid to attack. Yeah. For bears
0: or tigers, they lose a fear of humans. Right.
1: But what they, what they always say, I remember what they used to say in like those, those old stories that they developed a taste for human flesh, you know? Uh, so that's maybe an old idea that might not be entirely accurate, but, uh, but, yeah, that's kind of the, the – that phrase is kind of an old phrase, you know. Yeah, so that, what does that mean? I, re- I did think it's
0: why it reminds me of things from when I was a kid. You know? <laughs> I mean, I can kind of understand bears and tigers because yeah. they, they're, they're land animals. And, right. you know, at some point there's so many people, they get used to people and they lose their – I right. guess they have a natural fear of people right. for whatever reason. We're we're fairly big creatures, I yeah. guess. But so uh, for, for land animals, you just figure, oh, they lost the fear and they now view us as a uh, – yeah. A hunting something they can hunt and right eat. right, but for a fish, how do they know the difference <laughs> between you know I think you're not giving enough credit to the gooch <laughs> <laughs> he's smarter than we think and it it was ugly and it was big and oh, yeah. you know catfish are kind of ugly anyway, uh. but this was like an extra mean looking uh, uh catfish just well, we don't have to be we don't big. have to be on the lookout for that green lake,
1: right, hopefully not, but you know <laughs> sometimes
0: there's Contamination from uh, other sources. <laughs> I think
1: all you have to worry about is the, all the ducks that, uh, <laughs> you know, relieve so, themselves in the Green
0: Lake. <laughs> so, I don't know. This is just particular. Well, I think there's a fear of water. Yeah. It probably dates, you know, Jaws is a great example. Yeah. Something that we're not meant to be in the water naturally. So we can swim and get around in water, but we're out of our m- normal element. So I think there's something, an extra fear about... Uh, water creatures like oh, yeah. sharks or piranha like if yeah. I were in South America and I was on a boat I would not want to fall out into if we're on a river because yeah. I've heard of piranha and that would be a horrible thing to <laughs> deal with you know a million little razor bites come on oh, man yeah. and I think there's just something kind of visceral and uh, spooky about the idea of this giant catfish just dragging you under and starting taking <laughs> bites out of you so, but, you know, this is an older story, so we, we probably should do a little research or uh, if any of our uh, faithful fans decide to look around. But it'd be interesting to see if there's been any follow-up because this story was dated 08. And I, maybe we should also look for that episode. Maybe yeah, it's online, yeah. that episode. where Because I, I think, think they did do an episode on the river uh, creatures. Yeah, right?
1: I believe it was on the Animal uh, Planet uh uh, channel on cable, and I think it was called River Monsters. Yeah, and I think that like
0: was that. a year or two ago. But that'd be interesting, and it'd be really interesting if there's been any follow-up. Our yeah. scientists starting to research, hey, is this possible? And how can or...
1: one get a pet
0: gooch? <laughs> gooch? Well, I hope you have a big tank, because they're six feet long. <laughs> so, anyway, that was a very interesting uh, creature feature. And we'll try to find the one
1: that your your buddy
0: was talking about yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and if you guys, you know, we're open to suggestions. If you come across any unusual stories, uh, let us know, and we'll uh, talk about it. So I guess that's a wrapping up of uh, episode 10. Yeah, um, and I know I I have a tendency to say this at the end of all our podcasts, but
1: um, I'm going to try to put in a real effort to uh, find some interviews so you just don't have to listen to us. I have a couple ideas, but, uh, uh, yeah, between Greg getting –
0: did you mention that you got a job? Oh no, I did mention yeah. that. Yeah, I am uh, gainfully employed, and it feels good to be back in the working world. And uh. this is a permanent job, so it's not another contract. So after two years of taking time off, having a contract, taking time off, having a contract, taking time off, that's done for now. Yeah. So I'm, uh, but that's part of the reason we're not. We haven't done a podcast because I'm exhausted all the time. I'm not <laughs> used to working. That and all of a sudden it, I have to work every day. I mean, it's crazy.
1: That and I, I seem to get hit by a round of. Uh, it was going around where I work and everything like. A round of like colds and and allergy attacks and stuff like that, but it, it uh, finally coming out of it. But yeah, it was just it was a softball for a bit. I'm sure not everybody wants to hear about that. <laughs> well, but, they're probably dealing with it too, so yeah. they can relate.
0: So, anyways, that's why we've been off for a while. And yeah, we, gosh, I, I looked up our last episode was January 30th, so that's it's been almost three months. Okay, yeah, and, we're, and our one year anniversary passed during that time. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'll uh, you know what? You'll appreciate, Greg. I think I told you
1: this at the time, but one of the people who asked about it were like uh they they said
0: um oh did you and Greg have a fight someone else <laughs> asked that cuz i think uh I, I your your friend jennifer i think asked you that uh yeah. last last episode you said that same yeah, thing yeah i think i feel like i heard it from somebody else Okay, as well. but but yeah. yeah so they're like oh, are you we don't watch? hate each other we're no. just busy <laughs> yeah we're just busy <laughs> yeah and i'm working so i'm exhausted all the time and uh, <laughs> anyway we love it's fun to do the podcast and uh we you know, it's, it's been a year, Andy. I mentioned quickly, uh, yeah. we, we this is episode 10. It'd be nice if we had 12 nice, even episodes. Yeah. But we've done 10 episodes in a year, and we're having fun. And some of you are listening, and we appreciate it very much. And uh, So anyway, yeah, and, you know, we're always open to topics and stuff. I don't think we've... Have we, we've had it, like this, today my friend uh, suggested a topic that yeah. we couldn't find it. Oh, but, uh, oh is it? yeah, anybody wants to su- suggest something, and, that's great. Yeah. And you and I seem to do an okay job of digging up stuff, yeah. but uh, it, it, it'd be cool to, uh, you know, if there's something interesting, unusual, and you know you know the drill, we do kind of weird creature feature, we do science, real science, we do kind of... Coast to coast, like fake topics, yeah, <laughs> kind of like you know the idea of the hadron collider not wanting itself to work or the universe yeah. not wanting to work. So anyway, we, we deal with a lot of broad range of topics. So uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And anyway, oh, I'll mention real quick. It looked like I went to the, our website <laughs> before we started. <laughs> oh, and it looked like our player has been outdated or something. So our player has disappeared. I will fix that. Uh, actually, probably by the time you hear this, it'll be fixed. But. Um, If anyone can suggest a really good player, we went from Yahoo, that didn't work on Mac, or we went through several players, and you can also download, but if you want to listen to it on the internet, you know, we like to have that player available there, just so you can click on it and listen there. But uh, we're open to suggestions on that, and I'll just, I haven't looked around for anything in a while, so. Or I can come to your house and read you the transcript. (laughs) Andy will do that for a nominal fee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway that's wrap up episode 10 we will hopefully have an episode within a couple months <laughs> or so and uh, anyway thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon really honestly talk to you soon